Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible. To them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. The corporate world transitioned quickly to working from home and endless video chats when the pandemic struck. The transition for our healthcare system, while keeping patients at the forefront, was much more complex. How did our clinicians manage to keep hospitals open and functioning for those who needed them, meet the potential demands of COVID surges, and transition care safely where possible? While I would say dedication and a little creativity, I'll defer to them. This is Trish Kilfoyle. As you've just heard, we're from the Sunshine Coast Hospital Health Service. And today, I'm extremely happy that you've still hung around, bearing in mind that the title is Aminoglycoside Desktop Calculator App, which is a mouthful. So to start off with, just to see how we're all feeling about things, I'm going to ask for hands up. So first of all, have any of you prescribed antibiotics? Anybody in the audience prescribed antibiotics? Oh, there's a few down here. Okay, okay. Now, have any of you actually received antibiotics? Maybe they've been prescribed to you. Maybe they've pinched them from your grandma's cupboard. I don't care what it was for. That's okay. So keep your hands up, everybody. And then finally, do you know anyone that's been given antibiotics at any time? A, a family member, a friend? Okay, I think we've got pretty much everybody in the audience with their hands up. That just goes to show you how common antibiotics are. And secondly, it goes to show you that um, we are all at risk of antimicrobial resistance. And you're going to ask me, what is antimicrobial resistance? Antimicrobial resistance is when bacteria which cause infections build up defences so that antibiotics are no longer effective. And that's the root of the problems that we're having in the world. So we're all aware, well aware of COVID pandemic, but I want to tell you about something more sinister which is the antimicrobial resistance pandemic. It's a slow tsunami that's coming across and coming upon us so that in the future we will have difficulties with being able to do things such as transplants and other specialist surgical things because we won't have antibiotics available to help us with the complications. So what can we do about this and what are the impacts? First of all, the mortality associated with this is a grave thing for all of us, and we've heard with COVID, we're battling with it now, and in the future we will continue on with antimicrobial resistance causing this issue. It's also a huge societal impact, not just from the loss of family members and friends, but also from a fiscal point of view where it will be very expensive. As antibiotic prescribers or those that work in the healthcare profession, one thing we can do to reduce this problem is by, first of all, only prescribing when antibiotics when they're necessary, but when we do prescribe them, to prescribe them according to guidelines, and that's where we're coming up to now. 
So one of the sets or groups or classes of antibiotics that's particularly robust and still very useful is our frontline antibiotics in the emergency department, as we heard from Alex, but also used for urinary tract infections, appendicitis, all those things that people turn up unwell, are the aminoglycosides. They are things such as gentamicin, tobramycin and amikacin. And they have excellent activity against a lot of these very nasty bacterial infections. They are also frontline for treating sepsis. In all of our guidelines, they are number one drug that we use. But as we know, there is no such thing as a free lunch. And there is a problem with these guys. They are, have a Goldilocks issue. So what that is, is a narrow therapeutic window. In other words, if you give too little, it's not enough. It's not going to budge those bugs. If you give too much, you're really teetering on the edge of toxicity, which can be hearing loss, balance issues, or kidney failure. But finally, if you get it in the middle, which is a really narrow dose, and you get it just right, it's going to be wonderful for you. The trouble is, as Alex mentioned, getting that dose right is actually very complex because it relies on several calculations, which are not always easy to do particularly if you're in the emergency department and you're busy dealing with COVID, sitting there with a pen and paperwork calculations is not a good thing. So I will introduce the rest of our team. As you've seen Trish, we have Sarah back home on the Sunshine Coast and we have our ICT services, our information technology. They refuse to have photos done. Maybe they didn't want a mask fitting, I'm not sure. But they also are not non-photogenic but they are extremely shy. But this is the list of people that were involved with our project. And I'll hand you over to Trish. Thank you. Okay, so I get to talk about the fun stuff. I get to talk about stats, numbers, and data. So thanks for that, Catherine. So we, we define the problem as we have these really workhorse antibiotics. We use them every day. They're not special, but we don't think we do them well. And so how can we make our doctors' lives easier? How can we make our pharmacists' lives easier? Let's negate all of those complications of calculations and decision trees along the way. So we define the problem as let's try and come up with a digital solution to make the doctor's lives easier at the front door. So we decided to come up with a desktop app for dosing these aminoglycosides, predominantly gentamicin at the moment. So these are our stats. So the timeline of... November 18 was the very first meeting we had with patient safety and quality and ICT where we defined the problem and we agreed we were going to do something about it. September 2020 was when we pushed the app out onto every clinical desktop in our organization. Now, application code, I don't know what that means. Somebody told me it's a lot. There are over 16,000 lines of code for those of you who are IT-minded. As far as validation testing goes, this was a manual process. So myself and Sarah, the other AMS pharmacist, we validated the calculator by manually calculating for nearly 600 patients and different parameters, different heights, different weights, different kidney function. And we then put the same values into the software to see if they were concordant and to check that the rounding functions had worked. We then repeated that again. It was a fun few days to do final user acceptability testing to say that we were happy with the device. And as far as governance and approval goes, let's just say we were rigorous. So six clinical and ICT-related committees were waiting for updates, and it was on their action tracker. We had five separate episodes of contact with the TGA because we didn't think they were busy enough in a pandemic. And that was because 
the TGI actually defined what a dosing software was, and we weren't sure if this fit that criteria. And in the end, we had two separate legal opinions within our organization that said it didn't fit the criteria of a software because it was an, it was an aid. The doctor still needed to do the prescription. So what does it look like? You click in, you say if your patient's got contraindications, do you have the kidney function? You put in your patient's details, only you can see those. You put in the patient's height, weight, you pick your drug and you hit enter. And depending upon whether your patient should be dosed per their ideal body weight, their adjusted body weight, their actual body weight, how good are their kidneys, it tells you exactly what dose to prescribe. It tells you how to give it, which is dependent upon whether the patient has sepsis or septic shock, which means get the drug in quick. And it tells you how frequently to give the drug. How did we launch? Well, on one day in September 2020, our ICT team pushed the app out into the start menu of over 6,000 machines in our HHS. Thankfully, aminoglycoside begins with an A, so it's right near the top when you click into that start menu. And we had a big communications campaign within our organization. We also, and I think really importantly, have developed an LMS module, which is mandatory for every clinician and pharmacist in our organization. So everybody does it once, and it lets them know that this is there. Since the launch, it's been used over 2,000 times. On average, six to seven times a day, but it can be anything from four to 20 times a day, depending upon how busy we are and the types of patients we get coming in. Two thirds of use is SKU, and then the other third is our two other facilities, Nambour and Gympie, that have ED departments. And a little bit of trivia there, the youngest patient is 16. It only doses for um, our adult cohort. It won't let you calculate a pediatric dose. Our oldest patient was 100, and those of us who see that would say, ooh, did we want to give a patient who was 100 gentamicin, but maybe they needed it. Lightest patient was 42 kilos, and the heaviest was 218 kilos. So has it made a difference? Well, we've done a couple of studies, a couple of little audits, and we actually had a pharmacy student do an audit of every gentamicin dose given in our facility of SKU in April of 2021. Now, the calculator was used half of the time, and we're quite an optimistic team, and I think when we first saw that, we went, oh, only half. But actually, we didn't have the learner module at that point. We hadn't really pushed the calculator too far, and yet our prescribers were using it one in two occasions of Gentamice. They were going out of the current systems to look for our app in one in two instances. Did it make a difference? Well. Our dosing adhered to guidelines 40% of the time where the calculator wasn't used, but when the calculator was used, doses adhered to guidelines almost 90% of the time. And I can say the range of doses being prescribed there in milligram per kilo really regressed to where they should be. So we had a much smaller range of doses being prescribed for patients. So future plans hot off the press. Yeah, it's very exciting for all of us here. I'm sure that you're all thinking, this is so amazing. Where on earth can I get a copy of this? <laughs> I can read your minds. Or if I'm going to go into hospital, I'm going to make sure my doctor is using this app because I want to get the best dose there is. 
Well, I'm really happy to say that the future is actually now and uh, the hot off the press, CKN, so the Clinician's Knowledge Network, has uploaded or put in a link for any users to go to the app. So that's good news for everyone. And I, I think this is particularly important because the app was designed so that it could be used across the whole QEPS platform because we wanted to make it accessible for those hospitals that are not necessarily on IMR or are not getting the benefits of all of the digital wave that we see coming across. And I have to say that we've had lots of uh, inquiries from other HHSs to, be, to have access to this before its uh, launch. So that is available now. It's under the Antimicrobial Stewardship Group in the, uh, in the CKN. Go in through there and you'll, you'll have a look at it. Ultimately, though, it would be nice if we could have it across all of the desktops as we have at the Sunshine Coast. We've found that, as you've heard, it's been taken up really well. It's easy. It's only a couple of clicks. But that's a work in progress and we're a little exhausted after two years. And um, finally, we have uh, agreed to undertake the maintenance of the code. Our IT team are very uh, enthused about this project and they do want to continue on with maintaining the code. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.